Hi, you guys want some cookies? Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined, as always, by my bosom buddy, Bubby Castrone. Hey, Bub. Yeah, you are. I'm here. You're oh, here. Yeah. We're back. You thought we were dead? Well, HeadGum hasn't recovered their equipment yet, so we're still <laughs> here, baby. I, I thought we were dead. I was like, is this ever going to happen again? And it did. This, this is the key. And this shows why this is a special podcast, because the bond between the hosts and the listeners, are, it's very it's it's sacrosanct. It is it is so important mm-hmm. that people understand how close we are as as a podcast. Um, do not tell HeadGum that we still have their equipment. Yeah. You can nobody at HeadGum ever snitches get stitches and lose the throwback podcast. Yeah. Like I've thought about just straight up um, blocking HeadGum. So they don't remember that we exist because the longer that they forget we exist, the longer we keep this equipment, the longer the podcast goes on. And let and let's just be honest, uh, since HeadGum unceremoniously dumped us, (laughs) um, there was there was ceremony. (laughs) There was an email. email. (laughs) Um, Since that happened, we did decide to continue the podcast, which on some level was a a, a bold and, and brave move. But on another level, let's be honest here, if they take the equipment back. Then the podcast is over. Obviously, yeah. We're not going to shell out any money to, for the show. No, of course not. It's a move that some have called bold, some have called brave. My wife is called stupid mm. and unnecessary. The jig but is up. The jig is up, but we're still here. We're not going anywhere as long as we have this equipment. <laughs> as long as they forget we exist. We're going to continue exist. to do the throwback podcast because we love it. Uh, we uh, took a couple of weeks off. I got a lot of work stuff going on. Bob, I know you're... You're slaving away in the Hollywood industry yourself. Busy man. Yeah, we're busy men. You've yeah, been, we're men. You've been globetrotting. You were in the uh, beautiful city of well, Indianapolis. Like North America trotting, which isn't <laughs> that fun. Landing in places like Indianapolis. Indianapolis and Minneapolis. And coming up next week, Orlando. Wow, you're surrounding yourself <laughs> with so many white people everywhere you go. A lot go. of fat whites. A lot um, of fat whites. But It's like the Walmart tour of America. <laughs> so the good, the good news is, is that we have this little window. So we're going to deliver some podcast to you uh, as you deserve the people of the world. Do you mind if I take my shoes off? Mm, go ahead. Okay. Thanks. I mean, it's a little weird. I'm wearing like nice shoes because I had a meeting today. So I'm kind of like, I'm dressed up for the podcast. Mm-hmm. No shorts today. Yeah, you are a little dressed up. Yeah, so it's I don't like makes that. Me uncomfortable. Get a little comfortable. Here we go. This is Smashing Pumpkins Day on the uh, Throwback Podcast. Bob, I know when I was uh, North America trotting, you uh, ran some polls about what would be the next Throwback Podcast. This is your chance to apologize to the listeners for basically disregarding your own poll. Yeah, took a poll. You You've guys been voted. Disregard- you usually regard your poll very closely. Masturbation. Got drink. it. Got it. Got it. It's a poll. Uh, no, thanks to everybody who voted. We had hundreds of votes. But ultimately... This guy, Jax. Ultimately, go fuck yourself. We decided we want to do this one. The Darkness won the poll. We are going to do The Darkness. Dan has a brother... One brother, Kevin, yeah, a.k.a. It. Danger, a.k.a. Kevin Danger Hansis, who's going to be coming out to L.A. soon. And he is a big Darkness fan. So we decided we were going to do that with him. So we are going to do the Darkness. Maybe. Unless Most likely. Danger doesn't come out and then we'll never do well, it. Well, no, at some point I do have to honor the fans that voted. 
So we oh, are. Now you're gonna, you just told them to fuck themselves. Well, now, you're, now you're all about, oh, I must honor it's them. It's a short term fuck yourself, a long term, I got your back. You're so, basically a Japanese sensei. With fuck all yourself this honor. in the short term, I got you, dog, in the long term. A confused, like an Alzheimer's, like afflicted Japanese sensei. That's, yes, I'm, that's I'm playing Cuba. the Miyagi role in the new Karate Kid reboot. Um, so, yes, today's Smashing Pumpkins Day. Uh, Melancholin and the Infinite Sadness, Bob, the first double album I ever owned. Same for you? Yeah, I think so. Probably. Was the Arrested Development Did you have some like Billy Joel bullshit greatest Oh, I mean, I definitely had the Billy Joel greatest I've been in the river of dreams, (laughs) in the middle of the dreams. Oh, that was an element of our deleted final episode podcast. Yeah. Uh, I made you listen to River of Dreams in that one. (laughs) I don't remember that. You don't remember that? It was pretty fun. Maybe we'll get that. Everybody's like, oh, unlock the archives, open the vault. It's like, no, never going to happen. I deleted most of them. Yeah. They're gone from history. Yeah. So let's get to it, Bob. Because it's a double album. This is ambitious. It was ambitious uh, by old egghead Billy Corgan uh, to put out (laughs) such an album. That was unnecessary. Uh, You know, he's got an egghead. And it's uh, ambitious by us, almost equally ambitious to do a podcast covering. More ambitious. I'd say we're more admirable for tackling this two discs 14 songs on each one so 28 songs uh some of which i've probably never listened to all the way through right i mean i definitely probably gave it one full listen all the way through when i got this spent two hours of my life just sitting in my room just and that was only because there was really no internet at that point nothing else nothing else to do in between jack sessions as you call them probably (laughs) because this was 1995 after all Mind, m- remember your mom used to pound on the door and say, are you minding your pole? <laughs> Wait, my mom or just yeah. mom's? Your mom, Linda. Oh, my mom, yeah. okay. Specifically. <laughs> Got and it. And he used to be like, oh, it happened again. My mom was uh, telling me to mind my pole. I hate when moms do that. And I was like, uh, Bob. This is a weird place you're going. <laughs> that has never happened with any other mom. Or my mom. But... Does Linda, wait, does listen, Linda listen to the podcast? Oh, no, no. Okay, good. Right. No way she could figure out a podcast. <laughs> same, We're good. Same with my parents. All right, so we got a lot to get to. Uh this album came out, but I was doing a little research, so I'm not even going to pretend. I know this album came out, Bob, in October 1995. It did, specifically on October 23rd, 1995. And guess what else happened on October 23rd, 1995? The Space Shutter Challenger. Space Shutter? <laughs> Space Shuttle Challenger exploded. Again. Again. Yes, they decided to give it another go seven years later. Uh, 9-11. Nope. You're off on that one, too. Both great guesses. This is at that same level, though. Mm, The Civil War ended? Closer. In Houston, Texas, Yolanda Saldivar was convicted of first-degree murder in the shooting death of... Hang on. Pause. To answer that type of question. What are you doing? Selena, baby. Yep. Selena. Yeah, so this was the day that her killer was sentenced. Uh, she was found guilty, first-degree murder. Three days later, sentenced to life in prison. Later made famous by J-Lo, who starred in the biopic. And uh, I remember when, when that happened, and no, we didn't know who she was. No. Nobody knew. Uh, but she was. we were told that she was the Mexican Madonna. Yes. Which made it a little bit more like, oh, yeah. She got iced? Mexican Madonna? You don't want to see that. That seems like a horrible thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever knew this was Selena. I mean, I knew Selena had to have had a song, but... Yeah. The one I liked was... Um, we got a lot to get to, but... I know. The one I did... Oh, I like... You know what I liked? I like this one. Hang on. 
yeah, this was this was my joy. Okay, it's like if Gloria Stefan. Oh, oh yeah. Listen to that one. Listen to that some type of Gloria Stefan analogy but I'm gonna just gonna just were you gonna lasso the Miami sound machine into this analogy or no I don't remember I'm just gonna let it go I think we're good without that analogy so there you go Selena and good that woman that shot her was the president of her fan club did you say that nope but I'm glad you did fucked up pretty fucked up embezzling or something it was a horrible story what else you know what I'm gonna say bad fan yeah, I would say maybe the worst fan ever. Maybe. I don't know, but she's definitely in the oh, conversation. Oh, you know, Mark David Chapman. Bad fan. Very bad fan. But he was doing that for Jodie Foster, right? So I don't know. About that. Fuck you. <laughs> what else is happening in October 1995? I don't care what else I is like happening. I like leading you down that alleyway and, and then, then just deserting you. <laughs> You'd be the worst improv partner ever. Yes, and go fuck yourself. Um Nothing else, because I just wanted to focus on that day since we had already done an October 95 album a few weeks ago. Oh, right. I don't remember that, but that sounds like it was probably a good show. I think it was one of your favorite albums of all times. What's the story, Morning Glory? Oh, yes. So we've already covered this month, and we already know what the number one song in the world was. Oh, my goodness. When this album came out. There she is again. Here she is again. More Mariah. Give me the whistle again. I want the whistle sign. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that we get to listen to this It's again. that register that all the divas hope to have, but only Mariah possessed. It's like that fifth octave or something. Here it comes. Let me try this. Ready? <laughs> I felt like Mariah was here in the garage. We don't need to talk about this song again, because I feel like it's been on every other podcast. Yeah. It'll, if, it's, if we don't talk about it now, we'll talk about it next week. So great. And that's it. Fantasy is the song. Fantasy a is reminder, the song. Reminder: If you missed the, uh, what's the story? Who would Morning miss? Who would miss that? Come on. <clears throat> people that hate Oasis. Most know. likely, people that hate us. Damn, is there people that hate us? There has to be, right? Actually, I just told you a story. I confided a story. Uh, I confided in you that some people in our larger circle of friends were talking about me behind my back, and that Neg- hurt my negative feelings. talk. About you. What's that about? Well, me and the other guys, we have a lot to say. <laughs> You're not a good person. We all know this. It was not the guys. You know, it was funny. I saw on the um, around the NFL uh, subreddit. Yes. There was like a video of you from, I want to say, Minnesota, where you were just walking around drunk and acting like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of the comments was like, man, I would give anything to get drunk with Dan Hansis. <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute. Am I lucky to have experienced that? Like in the eyes of some people, I'm a lucky person that I get to be around you when you're acting like a drunk idiot. And that's weird to me. Do you ever people... pinch yourself when it's just you're hanging out with me and I'm drunk? Never have. Maybe I should start pinching myself. I had no idea that I was in uh, the presence of greatness during those moments. <laughs> According to that one user on a subreddit, <laughs> you're one of the luckiest men in North America. I did it, guys. I did it, mom. Look, Dan did it. And I'm not masturbating. Are you brandishing your pistol in there, Bobby? That's a weird one. That doesn't make sense either. All right, Bob, here we go. Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, Smashing Pumpkins. Take it away, Egghead. Oh, this is a concept album. (laughs) We are going to have a tough time doing this one. That's why we've been so scared of it. Oh, it's a concept album. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. 
There's going to be some tracks with uh, no vocals, no vox. This album might as well... We'll just talk until he actually starts the album. But um, this album being the biggest album in America, a 28-track double album by an alternative rock artist. Yeah. Like, it feels like this is something that happened not just over 20 years ago, but, like, on a different planet now. I know. I mean, there were no Kardashian cameos on this whole album, and it still went to number one. Like, Kendall Jenner did not, like, appear on any of these tracks. <laughs> and it sold over 10 million copies. It's insane. I miss that world. Remember it was, that world? Yes. It was, a, it was a world where we were young. The world was in front of us, Bob. I didn't even mean us. I just And an old egghead <laughs> ruled the charts. An old egghead who would one day get into pro wrestling would be the biggest rock star on the planet and start his album off with pianos and strings so that was track one called melancholy and the infinite sadness nice start to the album lovely no if i knew how to play piano i'd be able i'd, I'd want to learn how to do that but the real i mean i'm gonna say the the real start to the album okay i'll let you say that is here that's how you start an album. oh yeah you know here, right away, a little critique here for Billy Boy. Let's leave the uh, dreary no, piano ballad. No, disagree. Let's leave that on the cutting room disagree. floor. And let's get to work with Tonight Tonight. Oh, no, you're, one of you're their setting, you're, you're just getting people ready. You're just saying, like, come on in during the piano song. And now they hit you. You can't, this could not be a track one. This is too epic. It is epic. Is a great way to put it. It's actually surprising it's a track too. This is what Billy Corgan said according to Wikipedia. He described this album at the time of its release as, quote, the wall for Generation X. Think about that ambition. Let's listen. Remember when it was cool to say that things were blank for Generation X? The yeah. Generation X is blank? Yeah. That was cool. It was kind of in the same category as, listen, man. It's the 90s. Yeah, it's the 90s. It's the 90s. Lighten up. I realize that we, we really backed ourselves into a corner by starting with Generation X, because then we had Generation Y. Mm-hmm. Who's now, we? Royal we? Royal we. You and I? No, no, Royal we. The yeah. world. The world around us. Went to Y, and now we already have Z, and then we're done. What are we going to do? I think it's all a part of like a greater picture that that's when everything ends what comes after z that's it i mean trump's the president nice the world's ready nice. to end nice killing political. it killing it i got political <laughs> you did no the world's gonna end after z okay so it's our kids generation when the world ends okay but then again the parents have always thought that the world was gonna end with their children's generation but we actually have evidence because of the alphabet yeah this is it <laughs> this is what nostradamus predicted Somebody got on me the other day listening to the podcast that uh, we talked over one of the most 
famous songs of an artist that she loved. And I'm gonna say we shouldn't talk over tonight tonight too much and okay. talk about the song. Yes. Because it is a gorgeous It's amazing song. It's one of the best songs of the nineties, period. Absolutely. Full stop. So good. Who could uh, it's I mean, it's irresistible. The strings and especially um, with knowing what they were kind of before this album, they were more kind of a straightforward alternative band. I know they had what was this one slow song? Disarm. Was Disarm had yeah. strings in it, mm-hmm. but in general, they were kind of like a hard driving yeah. uh, rock band. And this showed them to be extremely kind of nuanced. And by they, it's old Egghead. Egghead. I mean, this was him at the height of his powers. Egghead, Eha, Darcy, the guy that OD'd. <laughs> they just killed it. Um, yeah, and this fucking video was so perfect for the song. Yes. Like, just it was so interesting to look at, and it just gave you this like aesthetic that you had never seen before in music videos, and presented him as this top-hatted magician egghead. making this beautiful music. It was with so a, good. He covered up that egghead with a big top hat. It worked. He wore the makeup and everything. Uh, I'm going to test your useless 90s trivia. Uh and ask you, who were the directors, the co-directors of the Tonight Tonight video? Cleaned up, of course, at the MTV Movie Awards, uh, Music Awards. I think it was nominated for like nine. Awards. Yeah, they probably won. Nine I mean, Moon Men, Bob. Yeah, the Moon Men. Um, I definitely used to know this, and I'm annoyed that it didn't immediately come into my mm-hmm. head. It's not Spike Jones. No, it was co-directed by, I think, a brother and sister or a husband and wife. Bill and Melinda? <laughs> Bill and Melinda Gates. Schwartz. Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris. Maybe I didn't know that. I thought it was going to be a bigger name. I thought you were going to hit me with one of those like David Fincher kind of things. No. It was it was a top five hit. It was number five on the modern rock charts. Came in at number 36 on the Hot 100. So it wasn't their biggest hit, but the video makes it one of their most memorable songs. See, that's yeah. the, the 90s. It was probably the last decade where that was happening. A video could kind of make us make a song mm-hmm. doesn't happen anymore takes it to the next level maybe it does did you hear the news this week trl oh got canceled for a second time i know that trl thing was doomed from the start it was just a terrible idea you know that they didn't actually have a countdown or play any music on this new trl they just look at their phones what they yeah. do the whole time i don't know all right i don't i, I don't watch it but I mean, uh we weren't the demo but it's gone now i don't think they had a demo i that guess was not the yeah that is a problem uh so there you go tonight tonight uh i would put I'd put that in my top five Smashing Pumpkin songs. You'd have to. I mean, I thought you were going to go bolder and say like top five of the nineties. There is a song. There is a song coming up that would fall. In that yeah, I agree. All right. What's this? All right. Here's Jelly Belly. All right, Bob. Coming at you. Jelly Belly. Let's listen. Yep. Oh, yeah. This is like a classic. Uh, you see this; it's like a trope with rock bands uh, for decades. If they do something that's kind of out there and out of their lane, and they want to show their fans, we're still the guys yeah, you love. Bring it back. If you liked Gish, you'll love Jelly yes, Belly. Got to bring it back. We had a piano song. We had Tonight Tonight. We had some strings. Let's bring it back. Show that we're still able to rock. Here's a Jelly Belly. 
kind of a cool rocker. Yeah, I like this. Do you remember this song? I do a little. It was, you know, it wasn't played a lot, but I remember. Joe Old Egghead. He actually um, was he banging Jessica Simpson? Remember that, was that weird a, that was thing a rumor. about yeah. five or six years ago? Yeah. Would that be more unlikely than anything in the history of rock music? And we're talking about Adam Duritz going through the, the cast of Friends and right. Rick Ocasek uh, mm-hmm. with Paulina Porchabova. David Bowie and Mick Jagger. Bowie and Mick Jagger. Billy Joel and Christy Brinkley. But does anything get crazier than if Old Egghead was getting it on with like Jess Simpson? Like uh, a late period egghead. A past his prime yeah. egghead. Yeah. Saggy egghead. Saggy egghead. What about Marilyn Manson and Evan Rachel Wood? But I get the if you're Evan Rachel Wood and you're like kind of a fucked up indie actress. Yeah. I get Manson's appeal. Okay. But, and it's like, what are the musical sensibility? Like, how did Jessica Simpson and Billy Corgan even meet? Maybe she was big into Zwan. I love Zwan. <laughs> Bob, if you bring up Zwan one more time, I'm going to no, play honestly. No, you can't. We have so, 37 I'm more tracks. I'm just saying that's your warning. Fuck. That's I, a warning. I have to make it through 26 more tracks without... You can't say Zwan. Saying Z- Z- oh, man, this is not going to be easy. Because uh, if you do, we're listening to at least 50% of <laughs> Honestly, the lead single <laughs> off the album... That nobody owns. I owned it. Death, Mary, and like the superstar. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Here we go. Let's go. Jesus, Mary, Star of the Sea. Yep. Sounds right. Stupid. Here's Zero, one of the best, very best Smashing Pumpkins uh, rock songs. Yeah, agreed. Let's listen to it. Such a great song. That that feels like an iconic moment right there, like the want to go for a ride. Well, I think that part of this song the that's most famous is coming up. Is it coming up soon? Yeah. Because we'll have to listen to that. Yeah. Yeah, I love this song. Okay, here it comes, right? Yep. All right, this is so good. Emptiness is loneliness and loneliness is cleanliness and cleanliness. Godliness and God is empty just like me. I can feel all that teen angst coming back. <laughs> um, this reminds me of the very famous um, shirt that Corgan was wearing during the promotional cycle of this album that just said zero, zero on it. Yeah, that was a cool shirt. I bet, was, I bet you they still sell it at Hot Topic. I bet, I bet they don't, but that would be a really cool... If you're looking for... Because kids used to wear it at school. Remember, remember that guy Chad in our high school? Yeah. He had the shirt, and it was like, ooh, a little on the nose. <laughs> I remember thinking when he was wearing it. But the um, that shirt was iconic in 90s like alternative culture. Yeah. That's going to be my next Halloween costume. And when people ask me what I am, I'm just going to say nostalgia. <laughs> That's it. Egghead Billy Corgan. That would be a great costume. It would be pretty cool. (laughs) I feel like I have a similar body to him right now, so it's all good. I'm not as tall as he is, but I got the gut. This was one of the singles off the album, and uh, 
I wouldn't say it was a huge hit, but it was. This album was inescapable. So if you listen to rock radio, yeah, all these songs were played crazy. Yeah, like, this didn't cross over like some of the other songs, but yeah, it was definitely an alternative hit. Also, if you're a uh, a fan, uh, oh, I like how the song ends too. Don't leave. Um, if you are a fan of The Simpsons, at least Golden Period Simpsons, around this time, did you say don't leave at the end of that? Don't leave. Is that what he says? No, just my one and only, right? My one and only, but don't leave. I think that's what he says. I don't think so. Really? Well, you asked for it. We got to figure it out. <laughs> one more time. Can't here. move on without knowing. There you go. I won't say anything. Don't leave. No, that's one and only. The D from the and carries over. That's amazing. For 23 <laughs> years, I thought it was, and don't leave. I like that too, though. I like don't it's leave. Like she, she's the one for me, and don't leave. Well, that's a different ending. So, I mean, it changes that my changes adolescence. Man, we got to go back in time Holy and see how that shit. affects your life. That's heavy. Butter- butterfly, butterfly effect. effect Bullets with butterfly effect. Butter- the butterfly effect. It would have been so perfect if that was the next song, but it's a song after this. Damn it. All right. Next song is uh, Here Is No Why. What I was going to say, the golden age of The Simpsons. Yes. Which was uh, like 90 to 97 or so. Um Smashing Pumpkins were on the show, which again shows their currency, pop culture currency yeah. at the time, and they performed uh, Zero. Really? Wow. They did. And he wore the Zero shirt. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I love it when artists do wear the one thing that just becomes their thing. You know, like where you just like, obviously like Bjork and the Swan. Right. You know, like Billy with the Zero was it. Like you just knew like all you had to do was throw that on. That's the guy from Smashing Pumpkins. Right. Love that. This song is called Here Is No Why. I like this. This is like the kind of pumpkin song I like. All right, let's listen. I like it. Yeah. I, I said, I said I like, like the kind I like. I like a lot of kinds of their songs, but I like the style of Smashing Pumpkin song. Um... This is uh, the album is in two halves, by the way. Bob did some did some uh, research, as they say. Well, yeah, there was like the red side and the blue side. Like, it was uh, day and night. It was broken into. That's right. But the album kind of basic. The discs were two different colors. Yes, I think one was like a pinkish. Yeah, and one was blue. It was like Bloods and Crips. And I'm sure there are people on like a Smashing uh, Pumpkins subreddit arguing which half is better they do a pretty good job splitting up yeah. the bangers yeah um, by they I mean old egghead uh, how come you're not giving James Eha any credit here well it's funny you should say that Bob, because perhaps I could because according uh, to research which is Wikipedia this was the first album that old Eha and uh, Melissa Mandarferar oh yeah Melissa Marfordorf yeah Marfordorfer who obviously later uh, reformed with Billy Corgan in the next venture, which was Zwan. Yes, God. Fuck you, fucking, got you. You fucking led me to yes. that. Yes, you son of a bitch. Yeah, hang you on. Sandbagging son of a bitch. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for Zwan. <laughs> God 
damn it, I fell for it so easily. <laughs> Mary Star the Save, lead single, Honestly. <laughs> Listen up. Stop, no, we can't do this. We were in the world and now we're out of the world. No. This is your fault. This course, yeah, man. I know it's great. <laughs> can you get me a beer, Bob? Yes, I can. I'll listen to Melissa Arpadarf. Arpadarf. Harmonize here. Did you know that um, this album was voted by People Magazine as the least essential album of 2003? <laughs> Wait, People Magazine would be no, fucking No, but rude. it would be funny if it was. All right, I was going to say. That's so they could have given that award. and be like, yeah, yeah. Uh, they got a point. Well, I've, I was in that daytime melancholy world, and now I'm somewhere in the early aughts. <laughs> lost and confused. Lost and confused. <laughs> With Billy Corgan's shitty later projects. Well, let me bring you back. Thank you. Please bring me back. The world is a vampire. Immediately back. Sent to Secret destroyers. Hold you up to the flames. Before we get to this bomb of a chorus, Bob. Yes. And I say bomb in a good way. Billy Corgan has said that this album is based on, quote, the human condition of mental sorrow. Okay. How about that? That's what a crazy person would say. But you know, that's what a crazy person says, a crazy egg. But you know what? To his credit, can you think of another hit song in music history that more accurately expressed human anguish and sorrow? Misery by Soul Asylum. Wow. So this is the lead single. Lead single, yep. And I remember just being blown away by this when it came out because I liked, I don't think I owned um, Siamese Dream before I owned this. I really liked Disarm. I liked uh, Rocket. I liked a bunch of the songs I heard from it, but I never bought it. But I liked the pumpkins and, of course, the whole scene they were a part of. And then when this song came out as the lead single, with again, a really cool video. A really dark, like, cliched 90s misery uh, video. Yes. It's like a bunch of people stuck in a hole. Yeah. And the washed out um, color, like, trying to dig out of a hole, but they can't. Yep. And Billy Corgan's showing showing off his fucked up bottom rose teeth. fucked up teeth. He's wearing the Zero shirt again, isn't he? I think he was, or a star in the middle of it. And I had braces, so I also had fucked up teeth, so I related (laughs) to that. But this was, like, the perfect song for, like, that 15-year-old anger you have and confusion and like yeah this is speaking to me fuck and it's like loud and it's so fucking good this old egg he knew what he was doing bob he again this is his uh quote 
he had his aim was to have the album convey a message to people aged 14 to 24. Yeah, he never hoping does. to quote sum up all the things I felt as a youth, but was never able to voice articulately. Wow, articulately. I love everything you're saying. That all of these quotes from him are pretty amazing. He did it, and this was the lead single. As you said, Bob Corgan wanted to release Jelly Belly as the mm. first single, uh, but was convinced otherwise. Bullets, one of those songs where you know it's easy to sing along to, and the effects of draw. You gotta sell them records. So yeah. he knew. He had a hammer dropper here, and this was a huge hit. You know what's weird? You know how like when we used to make mixtapes off the radio? Yep. And you would listen to them all the time for some, like it would just kind of pair songs together in your head. So to, for the rest of my life, whenever I hear this song, I will also think of Blister in the Sun by Violent Femmes. Well, hold that thought. I want to hear the rest of this, but I want to get this scream. You got to get this scream. That might be the best scream of the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible voice! It works though. Uh, why violent then? Because when Fence. I made when I taped this off the radio, so excited to have it on a mixtape. The next song I taped was "Blister in the Sun," and I can't mm. think of two songs that don't go together any more than that. Like you would never put that on a mix one after another no. now, but when you were uh, beholden to the radio and you were like, "I like this song," "Ooh, I like this song too," you just had to go with it. Yep. And for, so this song, Into Blister in the Sun, was like the mixtape I had that I listened to all the time. Interesting. It's a weird combo. I can see how it could work, though. This song was uh, first single to reach the top 40 for them. Peaked at 22. So a legitimate hit single. Yeah. And it owned modern rock radio. It was the biggest thing. He did it. He did it. He did it, and he was just getting warmed up. How great is it that this album came out the same month as What's the Story, Morning Glory? It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, oh, and that reminds me. We brought up uh, Eha and Melissa Arf, Arf, Barf, Arf. Durf, for Durfer. This was the first album where they were actually allowed to contribute in any tangible way. Well, wait. You keep saying Melissa Arf, for Durfer, Durfer. What about Darcy? Oh, am I thinking of Darcy? Yeah, because Darby? Darcy, yeah. Darcy was Melissa Arfa Darfa in the whole. band? No, she's whole, but I think she did do stuff with Smashing Pumpkins. Was Melissa Arfa Barfa in Zwan? I think so. She was definitely in Hole. Oh, she was in Zwan, and Darcy Diarby was yes. in the Pumpkins. Pumpkins. Yes. Oh, okay. See, when you mentioned Melissa Arfa Darfa earlier, I thought maybe she had also accompanied Nerga, on this because they were all in that same world. Oh, women, Bob? No, I mean like Smashing Pumpkins and Hole. They're all the same. And Zwan. That's not what I'm saying. Time's up, Bob. It is up. This Time's up for this terrible joke that you're <laughs> telling right now. I wish it was a joke, Bob. <laughs> no, you don't. That's Two why forgive. I, this is why your friends talk about you behind your back. <laughs> this, fuckers. <laughs> this is uh, a song that I don't know if I've ever heard before. Yeah, Arfa Darfa. When you really think about this as like a full. When you really think of this as a full concept album and full experience, mm -hmm. it makes perfect sense that this would be the song to follow Bullet with Butterfly Wings. It's like, I'm going to bring you back down. Yep. I just hit you really hard. Come on back down. Yep. And he yeah, knew so what he was doing. He knew he what he was doing. I don't remember listening to that. I probably never listened to that song twice. And I will get, I will get to this point about Eha and Arfa Darfa, but actually it's Darby Diarby, was that 
they were allowed to actually play their instruments on this album. Uh-huh. Like famously, and maybe it's uh maybe it's a um an old wives tale of the 90s, but that Corgan played all the instruments uh-huh. on the albums before this album. They were allowed to play a song Eha actually uh, who's probably the greatest Asian guitarist of the 90s. Oh, I yes think no? he, I think you can go on a limb and say that. Um, he even co-wrote a couple of the songs. How about that? It's great. Good job, Good Eha. job. Okay, hi. Good Eha. job, Jim Eha. Jimmy Eha. Jimmy Eha. Who was the drummer, Bob? A little uh, 90s factoid. Chamberlain. James Chamberlain. James Chamberlain. Damn it. No, maybe Jimmy. I think you're right. Jimmy Chamberlain. Okay. And then the guy that OD'd, that got Jimmy Chamberlain kicked out of the band, their keyboardist, OD'd during this tour. Yes. Jonathan Melvoin, his name was. Really? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. That is good. Why is that still up there? That's bizarre that that's up there. That should not be up there at all. This song is called An Ode to No One. Great title. Yeah, I like that. So stupid. This is what every late period Smashing Pumpkin song sounds like. Yeah. When, uh, when he lost his way, they all kind of became this. Yeah, at some point, and this seems to happen to a lot of like artists when they run out of steam, but they want to keep on putting out albums. Uh, they can't write a melody anymore. Yeah. It's sad. It's all about the melody. It's hard. Maybe you don't put out double albums. It's like when... Oasis fans often lament how Noel burned all those great songs on B-sides for import records when he could have just put out another amazing album. Right. But you know what? These guys think that songs are never going to stop coming. People give Noel a lot of shit for Be Here Now, but has anybody ever stopped taking a step back and thanked him for not making it a double album? (laughs) That's true. He very easily could have. Um... Prior to shows scheduled in July of 1996 at Madison Square Garden, Chamberlain and touring keyboardist Jonathan Melvoin overdosed on heroin. Melvoin subsequently died, and Chamberlain was kicked out of the band. Yeah. How about that? How did Melvoin get stuck in the old cranium? <laughs> I mean, there's obviously more important things that could be taking up Well, you space. also recognize the name of Selena's killer immediately. So, <laughs> so you really know rock-adjacent deaths. That's true. This song is called Love. Uh, let's listen to it quickly. Hot take, by the way. I get it. Ambitious. Looking back, it was badass to put out a double album. Just give me a 14, best 14 tracks on this album, and you probably have the best Smashing Pumpkins album of all time and one of the best albums of the 90s. Instead, you kind of have a a bit of an artifact that's a little bit bloated. But don't you think that part of what made the Smashing Pumpkins stand out was that they did this double album when nobody else was doing it? Like, that's, I think, part that's of That's what... what I mean. I respect the ambition, and looking back, you kind of can't imagine it any other way. Uh, but there is this alternate reality where he just says, wait, let me just pare this down and release the best album of my career. Right. 
maybe I would listen to this album more if it didn't have 28 songs. It's kind yeah, of a hard. He, then he probably would have fucked up and put like Tonight Tonight on a B side somewhere, and then it would have been like, oh no, he fucked up. Yeah, maybe, but. We don't know. We can't get inside that egghead. That would be a weird move by the old egghead. But you know what? He's a weird dude, and only weird dudes make two double album masterpieces like this. Yes. By the way, this song is called Cupid Deluxe. Yeah. And it features both salt shakers and scissors. Oh, so way ahead of the Noel Gallagher scissors fiasco. Wow. Let's listen. Let's see if we can hear the scissors. Can't hear scissors. Can't hear salt either. Scissors are implied. Maybe it's two girls scissoring. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> oh God, that was so gross. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm married. I can take anything oh, I can it. get. What? It, remember when you would like watch like an episode of uh, Married with Children, and the the character would make a joke about being married uh-huh. and how you. You just your sex life is bad. Yeah. Where are you going with this? Keep going. I nah, just you know. There's more. Remember how it just seemed like such a cliche at the time? Yeah. Yeah. And this song is called Galapagos. <laughs> Galapagos. Galapagos. Yeah. Galapagos. I, I like, like my version. I like better. your version better too. Um, dreamy this song. Yeah, I like this dreamy stuff. Uh, also, for all you font heads out there, great font on this album. I could still like picture the back of the album with that like perfect little curly font. Great font. Uh, moving on, the next track, <laughs> and this is one of my favorites. You don't want to have font talk? Yeah. Let's listen. Listen to this, Chamberlain. Don't OD, baby. You know what I'm a sucker for in rock music? Coming in hot. I'll do it again. You ready? Yep. I like when the vocal comes Comes in in hot. hot. I like when the vocal's there. Bang. Yep. And then we're just flying. You're in. Muzzle. Oh, save the drums, then bring the drums in hard. Oh, yeah. Here we go. I think this is one of the very best Smashing Pumpkins songs. I agree. Buried at the end of of part one of a 28-track double album. Again, why isn't this track four... On a sick, just uh, infinite sadness calling. And just make it track four muzzle. Fuck you, Bob. Don't tell me to quiet down. No, I'm telling you, I, I can't hear you because the music's too loud. Because it rocks so hard, Bob. <laughs> I love this part. This song not released as a single, Bob, but it was released to radio. Yeah. And it reached number eight on the modern rock charts and number 10 on the mainstream rock charts. So this one didn't even get any real promotional push, but it was still a radio hit. This might be, I can't say it's my favorite song on this album because there's so many good ones and we haven't even gotten to all of them. But this is the one that for years I've been putting on mixes and it's so good. Yeah. If you want to show that you're not like a total basic um, alternative Pumpkin music head. fan or yeah. Pumpkinhead or 
the fans of the pumpkins call themselves eggheads. Did you know that? No. It's not true. Not true at all, obviously. But you put a muzzle. Everybody's like, oh, this yeah. guy gets it. This guy gets it. He's one of those guys that get it. You know what I think? What? I think this song should have been track one, and I want to take you up on that task of putting together the best version of this into like a tight little, a tight 12. Look at Mr. Prissy Pants, who was all upset about me wanting to throw out the piano ballad. No, I'm the glad. The aching piano solo at I'm the beginning. Glad, now you're, you're ready to throw it out. I am glad Billy Corgan put out this album. What I want to do is make a playlist of the way that this album could be the tight 12 that you're talking about. Infinite Sadness. Mm-hmm. Just Infinite Sadness. And this is and I would start. Started? I would start track one. Yeah. This would be a hell of a way to start an album. Come in hot with that, uh, the Vox. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, though. I like it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna noodle on this. You gonna one do this? You do a little noodling? I'm gonna noodle. I could see Corgan coming after you, bro. Yeah, litigation just, style. He sues my Spotify playlist. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, we don't have anyone to absorb our lawsuits anymore, which is problematic. Well, as long as we're still using this equipment, I think legally, it's still that problem. Still has to absorb. Yep. As long oh, as the equipment's God. here, yeah. Because we put it in, we said the words into these microphones mm-hmm. that they own. Not our problem. Very good. Yep, law. That's a law word. It's common law. Common law. Uh, the next track, we're now deep into uh, the first side of the album, track 13 and 14. This is a nine minute and 45 second song called Porcelina of the Vast Ocean. Another great title. Let's listen to the whole thing. It's very quiet early on. I'm going to skip to the middle of the song, which is amazingly five minutes in. Good timing. Hot take, by the way. Yeah. No one, including the biggest pumpkin heads out there, have ever listened to this whole song before. <laughs> if you make a 13-minute a song or a 12-minute song that's or a 10-minute song that's the 13th song of a 28-track double album, no one's going to hear that shit. You got other, you got a lot of music to listen to. You don't you got, have time You got for a that. lot of shit coming up. <laughs> Sorry, poor Selena. So wait, are we done with the first album? We got one more track. Oh, man. Take Me Down. Another I, instrumental, perhaps? My guess would be in Billy Corgan's Egghead... This is this would be kind of like the sun setting mm-hmm. in tonight. Ooh, yeah, you're right. Although track two is tonight tonight, so maybe the first album is the the night one. That would make sense. But you would do the night album as disc one and the day album as disc two. Rock and roll, man. Fuck, man. Did I bring that one here? Do we have it here? I think it might be here. Vamp Bob, I'm gonna see if the uh, if this double CD is actually in our garage. Well, I'm a little rusty on the vamping. It's been a, I do suck at it. It's been a few weeks, but uh, oh, he found it very quickly. The vamping will come to an immediate close as Dan reaches up. Dan looking good today, wearing a nice red T-shirt. Okay. Muscles just bulging. <laughs> Love this medium. All right. Uh, Here we go. Putting in my old earphones. Okay. Disc one is labeled Dawn to Dusk. So yeah, Tonight Tonight is on the disc label Dawn to Dusk, uh, and Take Me Down is the final track, and then that leads into, Bob, track one of disc two, which is labeled Twilight to Starlight. So we are getting into disc two, a scant 48 minutes into the pod. 
give or take. We tried our best. Look at the font on this, Bob. Really? <laughs> I'm telling you, font heads, great font. Dan's struggling to open the double disc. I remember that always was a problem. So you have to, uh... And you couldn't, if you had your um, CD disc holders, oh, yeah. you could not put a double album in there. It was like this album and Vitology were just a total pain in the ass. Vitology Very was problematic. This, though, it depended on what kind you had. If you had the spinning kind like I had, there was a little like crevasse towards the middle. Really? Where you could fit the double. You had an access point? I did. Yeah, so Holy I was able to shit, fit that. Bob. Yeah, man. <laughs> But, you know, Vitology still a big problem. Uh, I think I liked Pearl Jam 30% less after they put out that <laughs> Vitology album. Uh, because Purely because of the design of the CD booklet. Uh, this is where Boys Fear to Tread. Do you like that song title? I like the title. Pretty good. Let's listen to it for some. girl on the cover um, like the cherub angel who think she was hot do I think the cartoon cherub uh, torso Woman only as a torso coming out of the yeah. star in the solar system do I find her hot bangable oh bangable yeah that's different than hot the bangable bar is way lower than the hot bar. she looks a little curvy you said well I already know your answer so let me get a little closer here um, she looks like a child. So no. <laughs> That's not a child, man. That's a child. Okay, maybe she is. I'm going to pass that. <laughs> uh, where boys fear to tread. This song is not tuneful. Not given a lot. Again, late period pumpkin sound. Track two slash track 16 is Bodies. I feel like uh, if you take out... And this is kind of what I'm talking about again. If you take out Muzzle, and that's a big thing to take out because it's one of the best songs I think that the Pumpkins ever released, there's a bit of a lull here post-Bullet with Butterfly Wings. One, two, three, four, five, six, Yeah, minus seven, Muzzle. Eight, Muzzle's nine. there to really give it a shot in the arm. But yes, I agree. Like the last like eight songs, with the exception of Muzzle of side one, to me, anyway, and I'm sure there are diehard pumpkin heads out there uh, or eggheads out there who will, you know, lynch me for saying this. Inessential. Yeah, you might get killed for saying that. I don't know who, especially since uh, Smashing Pumpkins fans don't exist anymore. I don't know if you saw that um, article that came out about how poorly their tic- their reunion ticket sales are. Yeah. Are going. Like, nobody's into the pumpkins. That's not, that's also like not fair to the pumpkins because and maybe Egghead was behind it but some bands some 90s bands like Pearl Jam is a good example like put them in arenas and their fans are going to go fill it up every time Um, but a band like the Smashing Pumpkins that has been inactive but they actually have been putting out albums that no one's cared about for like 10 years straight you have to know where you should be playing. Right. So, like, the fact that they have 10,000 empty seats in a 15,000-seat arena, that looks really bad. But if you put them in, like, amphitheaters, they would sell out every show right. with, like, five to 7,000 people in it. So it's just, like, a matter of perception. Bad job by the management team. 
but I mean, that's also like, that's also what Billy Corgan was famous for over the years, being difficult, being an asshole, having a huge ego. You know that there's no talking to that guy. No, he, you was, know, he was thinking. He's like, I'm going to get the original band right. back together. And obviously we're going to be selling out stadiums because we're the Smashing Pumpkins. It is a good, it is actually interesting to think about. And um, one of my very favorite pumpkin songs is coming up right now. Um, get into it. You remember how uh, I did used to work at MTV back in the day? You did. I remember, you know, a lot of people I worked with would have interviewed all of these people from the 90s and 2000s. Uh, I had more than one person in my time there tell me Billy Corgan was the biggest asshole they ever had to deal mm. with. The egghead? You're really trying to make this egghead thing stick, and it's fine. Old egghead we was get a it. prick. We get it. You're saying? I'm saying the guy was a big old asshole. I don't know why you're saying you get it. That's just who he is to me. He's the egghead. Okay. The old egghead. All right. Egghead. This, this is why we talk. This is, egghead. This is why we talk about you. <laughs> we. Son of a... This is the last podcast. <laughs> this song is 33. I love this it song. Perfect. It's perfect. Let's listen to it. I love this song. In fact, on my um, deep 90s alternative mix on Spotify, 33 was my entry from the Smashing Pumpkins. Nice. And I remember the video was perfect. Yeah, black and white. I don't know if it wasn't black and white. It wasn't black and white? But it was like kind of like like there was something, a camera effect uh, used that made everything seem very dreamlike, which Mm. is exactly what this song was. And I believe, Bob, that this song was on my sleep slash bang mix. I was going to ask, because this is a perfect song that I would definitely go to sleep to. Sleep sex mix, this made it. And not try to have sex to, but it makes sense that you would try to do both, sleep and bang to this. This is a good song to drift to sleep after a long night of working on a term paper or making sweet love (laughs) with the girl across the hall. (laughs) She's still across the hall while you're making sweet love to her. You have a huge dick. Bobby, how big's your rod? <laughs> no, I don't like that. I love this song. Me um, too. You know, every episode, Dan, I don't know if you know this, every episode we pick a song for the Spotify playlist. Do we? We do. We have a playlist. We're still doing that. That's good. Over 600 people follow it, maybe even 700. It's great. Should we turn it into a double disc? Well, I was going to ask, do we pick two songs from this? But I don't think so. I think we just pick one. Just one, yeah. But I just want to put that in the head of some uh, first-time Pumpkinhead listeners. One of these Egg songs... Heads? What Pumpkinheads? One of these songs is going to make the uh, playlist. And I think right now, if it was up to me, if I had to pick right now, yeah. Muzzle and 33 are the two that would be fighting head-to-head. Interesting. It's a, and it's weird. because This song's not a fighter, though. I know. It's a lover. Or, you know, something to fall asleep to. This you could drift off to sleep to this song. Of course you could. Many times I have. Do you try to get your partner to fall asleep and then make love? Is that your move? That's rape, Bob. Okay. So that's to make sure. Actual assault. I was trying to entrap you on the podcast. You could not do it. I have cops waiting right outside. <laughs> you like trying to take Chris Hansen's like uh, non-existent career. Our whole friendship has been like that uh, 
Damon Wayne's Adam Sandler movie, Bulletproof, or whatever. Who gets shot in the head? I've just been trying to lure you into this so I could arrest you. Wow, that's fucked up. Yeah. Next track. 33 is fucking great. This song's called In the Arms of Sleep. Uh, Going back to the... Another great title. Fuck. Another great title. In the Arms of Sleep. That is a great title. Uh, Going back to the arena tour that's in rough shape. It's doing okay in major markets like Chicago and New York and I think here, but it's tanking everywhere else. So I was going to say we should just go and sit in the front row and they knock the price down to like 10 bucks. <laughs> um, but my other question was, what 90s bands, bands that started in the 90s, other than Pearl Jam, can sell out arenas? Go on an arena tour and sell it out. Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters, yep. Um, Dishwala Dishwala Not quite They could sell so. like High school gymnasiums Perhaps per, No Gymnasiums are pretty big <laughs> I don't know Maybe like the elementary school gymnasiums They were always like It was like smaller. half With like yeah. the, the low basketball hoops Yeah The low <laughs> basketball hoops Dishwala could definitely Pack that joint Okay good um, Yeah Pearl Jam Foo Fighters I think that might be it Wait, we're missing somebody. Big. We're missing somebody big. We have to be missing somebody big. Is it um, Third Eye Blind? Mm, no, they're. I don't think so. Though. Yeah. Although they did play, um, they played uh, the. It's a place in Hollywood Bowl. It's a pretty big venue. It's a big venue. But they're not playing. No, I think that's it. I think it's only those two. Uh, in the arms of sleep, uh, inessential. And tonic. And tonic. Which leads us to my favorite Smashing Pumpkin song of all time. Top five of the 90s, Bob. Easy. This was a departure for the Smashing Pumpkins. This didn't sound like anything they'd ever put out. And they, after this, I remember the next album that no one really cared about had a lot of singles that kind of sounded like Mm -hmm. this. So it was almost like Corrigan was chasing the song uh, for the rest of the Pumpkins' existence before Zwan showed up. Listen to this chorus, my God. Everything everything about this song is perfect. This song made me feel nostalgic for a time I didn't know existed when it first came out. Like I was nostalgic for this song. Oh, that was deep. Bro. I was nostalgic for the song listening to it for the first time at 15. Like there's just such like a sense of something happening here. Yeah. That I still can't put my finger Which on. Which is exactly I mean, this motherfucker, the egg was a genius. Like the song was uh, 1979 was about when he was 12 years old And he was trying to write about Like 
what it felt like to be turning into an adolescent. Yeah. Which is exactly what this sounds like. Yeah. It's, that's pretty impressive. It's amazing. And it's not like on-the-nose lyrics where you're like, oh, that's what it feels no. like to be 12. It's just the feeling of the song. Like Kid Rock would put a song out like that. Like, um, I was growing pubes and I was growing up. And, I and Skinner was my on dad. the radio. Like, no, this is just... Fuck you, Kid Rock. <laughs> we don't need this. We don't you need can't Kid craft Rock. A moment. Don't bring Kid Rock into this. This is too perfect of a moment. Uh, this was the second uh, single. I love this part. Yeah, the middle eight. Glorious. Great video. Actually, a. Um, Trend-setting video with the camera attached to the people, and they're like mm-hmm. running around. They're kids, matching again the the nostalgic vibe of being young and killing time and being bored, um, wrecking a convenience store, getting in trouble, like small-town suburban kids, and uh, and the camera was attached, and you, and you were running with the person, and it was showing up at a party. It was all very cool video. They just had everything, like. The great bands that have special albums, like everything kind of lines up per- perfectly. Yeah, they and have the, to, yeah. The songs were great. The videos were great. They had the look. It, and there, it was the time when the album came out, which was a perfect time for this album, that they never, you can't ever match that moment again. No. The song is like a Richard Linklater movie. Yeah. In three minutes. Like, it's just, it's just it's so perfect. Many, it's perfect. And this song, like uh, the fact that this song, this song came out in January '96 as a single, and that takes me exact exactly back to that time, like shoveling driveways, listening to this song on the radio all the time. Mm-hmm. What a song! This is, I think that's that might be on my Mount Rushmore of '90s songs. If you had to pick four songs, yeah, from the if 90s, I had to just pick four, yeah, that one might be on it. I mean, it makes. I think it would be actually. It's a no-brainer, like, jot it down on the list to make to get into that top four. Right. Then when you start actually slugging song versus song, I think it could, probably has what it takes. Has a shot. Uh, and it was the biggest hit that they ever had, by the way. Top 22. Um, number 22, uh, Billboard 100. So it was a top 20 hit, and it absolutely ruled rock yep. radio. Special, special. All right, next song. I don't want to overthink, by the way, the Spotify pick. Just going to say that. Okay. Tales of a Scorched Earth. Again, I put myself out there with a dreamy synthesizer heavy uh, single. Let's put out something hard and driving. This is my favorite pumpkin song. <laughs> You're so hard, Bob. <laughs> I'm a hardcore bro. Tales of a Scorched Earth. Whoa. That's not my style. Next up, Through the Eyes of Ruby. I'm surprised there aren't more indie movies that just use titles from this album. Hmm. You know? Cause they, Don't you tell just, Zach Braff about this. I know. He'll just grab yeah. them. Make all of them. Like the Duplass brothers are going to make a Porcelina <laughs> movie any minute now. <laughs> the Duplass brothers present... Galapagos. Galapagos. <laughs> Great font. 
the Duplass brothers present Farewell and Goodnight. Yep. How many of these titles could be Duplass brothers? Oh my TV shows? The Duplass brothers present Where Boys Fear to Tread. Yes, it works too good. It's too good. Anyway, this is uh, Through the Eyes of Ruby. The Duplass brothers present Through the Eyes of Ruby. Yes. Oh, fuck. Mumblecore at its greatest. Mumblecore. Get a grip. Get a hold of yourself. All right, Bob, I'm going to keep moving here. It seems like it's not bad. This summer on Netflix, the Duplass brothers present an ode to no one. <laughs> it all works. <laughs> a Netflix original series from the Duplass brothers. We only come out at night. <laughs> that was XYU. This is, as I said. I like this one. We only come out at night. Yes, I like this one a lot. This is uh, Billy Corgan's Yellow Submarine. <laughs> you know who sells out arenas? I drink too much. I drink too much. Still? You think so? I too much. I don't know. I don't know if he sells out arenas Shot anymore. You think so? In my mind. What do you mean? Dave? I don't know. He kind of fell. He if disappeared. Dave takes the guys on the road, which of course I think people are still upset about the whole... Shit coming out of the tour bus thing. I don't let's, think they're showing up anymore. Let's get Dave on the road. Let's get the uh, African-American violinist on the road. He passed away, bro. What? Yeah. What? Sorry, man. I hate to be the one to tell you during this pod. Are you serious? I think he's so. gone? I think he's gone. Oh, uh, Bob, this is not the time for Bob Castrone's... Uh, waffling? <laughs> waffling Wikipedia entry. I'm sorry, but this is, you know, when we do the throwback podcast, I throw back by not having a computer in front of me and saying things I think and not actually. But now you're talking about a man being dead or alive. <laughs> that is true. If you know uh, whether or not the African-American violinist from Dave Matthews <laughs> Band has indeed passed away, uh, let us know on Twitter. We want to send flowers to his family. Yeah, see, now you're being flipped, Bob. <laughs> I am. They could be listeners. They're not listeners. Uh, next track is beautiful. I'm gonna sh- kind of shoot through. Oh, these. I like beautiful. Beautiful is good too. See, now it kind of ends strong, so you'd want to kind of skip through these, but there are a couple of good songs in a row here. How about an album that went tonight, tonight, Jelly Belly, Zero, Bolt with Butterfly Wings, uh, Muzzle, Thirty Three, Nineteen Seventy Nine. And out. That's a good playlist. I'm glad this album exists in the form that is it is in. That would be awesome. So what if? Yeah, I agree. I think it's cool the way it turned out. All right, I'm wrong. He's still alive. <laughs> oh no, Bob. <laughs> well, thank God. First of all, that's great news. Boyd Tinsley is fine, guys. But did someone? They lost someone, I think. They did lose someone. 
Was it a different African American member of the band, Bob? Maybe I'm thinking of Clarence. Maybe I'm thinking of Clarence Clemens. <laughs> No. <laughs> I like this song too. You know, now you're just bragging. Pretending no, the like saxophone is the saxophone is died. Oh, Leroy Moore. <laughs> That's who died. Not the violinist. The saxophonist. Well, Bob. I knew somebody died. Yeah. Well. Regardless of race. Well, that seems to be the issue here. <laughs> and it wasn't Clarence Clemens that I was thinking of, so I'm happy. <laughs> It's like, was it Otis Redding? <laughs> I love the song. I would put this one on mixes. Not to bang or sleep to, but just like, hey, here's a fun little song. And the girl would be like, fast forward. Or track skip. Come on, let's hear this. It's cool. And it's all about like, you know, like following a girl around and being a little stalker. Through her window shade. I like it. I don't fly no more. Nice little stalker song. Lily, in parentheses, my one and only. This summer, Mark <laughs> and Jay Duplass present. All right. Come to Amazon to present to you. Lily, my one and only. The penultimate track of uh, this album is by Starlight. Starring Melissa Oftermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarfermarferm
And I got to pick Abe Lincoln? You got to pick the Abe. Well, that's where you're tripping me up because Abe Lincoln, if we're saying Abe Lincoln's the best, then 1979's the choice. But if you want to pick... You got to pick the Abe for our playlist. The Abe for the playlist? And maybe maybe it's still. Okay. Yep. Hey, Chamberlain, give me those drums in memory of Jonathan Melvin. Uh, follow the uh, Throwback Podcast on Twitter at Throwback Pod. Also on Instagram. Email us at thethrowbackpod at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, hit us up with uh, album recommendations. Don't tell HeadGum, but tell your friends. Spread the word. Go on iTunes. Give us five stars. To that one person, to that one motherfucking person who gave us one star, go, go fuck, fuck yourself, yourself. Obviously, and literally tell everyone about this show if you're a music lover, uh, except for Headgum yeah. and Headgum adjacent. We need this equipment. All right, we'll be back next week with another all new episode of the Throwback Podcast. Until then, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Damn.